This is WLRN News. I'm Tim Paget, and this is the Latin America Report. In 2014, President Obama reversed 53 years of U.S. policy and reestablished ties with Cuba. We will end an outdated approach that for decades has failed to advance our interests. And instead... Three years later, President Trump reversed many of Obama's Cuba policies. He especially restricted U.S. travel and sending money back to the island. I am canceling the last administration's completely one-sided deal with Cuba. In Miami last year, now President-elect Joe Biden promised to reverse Trump and restore Obama's policy of engagement with Cuba. The administration's approach is not working. Cuba is no closer to freedom and democracy than it was four years ago. Biden gets sworn in on Wednesday. Most Cuban-Americans in South Florida favored engagement with Cuba under Obama. Now, polls show most of them prefer more isolation of Cuba, and they voted for Trump. So politics will compel Biden to consult more anti-engagement exiles. Orlando Gutierrez Boronat heads the Cuban Democratic Directorate, a leading exile group in Miami. We can't reject everything Trump did simply because there's opposition to Trump. His policies toward Cuba make sense. Gutierrez and his parents fled Cuba's revolution in 1971 when he was five. He says one of his last memories of the island was his communist kindergarten teacher's political indoctrination methods. My parents told me, don't tell anyone in the school you're leaving the country. So one day the teacher says, I love you all so much, I want to know who's going to leave the country so that I prepare my heart for your absence. And I was stupid enough to raise my hand. And the teacher never again let me go to the bathroom. And she would take away my toys. Gutierrez also says some of his relatives were imprisoned or executed by the regime in the 1960s. He feels all that helps explain why engagement often seemed a one-way street under Obama. The U.S. made concessions like removing Cuba from its state sponsors of terrorism list, but Cuba gave little in return in critical areas like human rights. You have to always remember you're dealing with a dangerous totalitarian state that has its own logic, its own view of reality, and plays a game of winner-take-all. So the strategy has to be focused on the main issue. Enter repression, release of all political prisoners, legalization of civil society, and free elections. Last week, Trump put Cuba back on the terrorism list. Critics called it a political abuse of a serious foreign policy tool. Gutierrez disagrees. He says Biden should use it as leverage to prod democratic change in Cuba. And he believes Biden will listen because he's worked with Cuban exiles in the past. Biden has longstanding ties to the community Obama didn't have. I get the impression that President-elect Biden is not going to rush into an opening with the communist regime in Cuba. It's about being part of the decision-making process. Gutierrez's wife, Silvia Gutierrez Boranat, is spokesperson for the Cuban Democratic Directorate, the Exile Group. Her grandfather was a mayor in Cuba. He got his family out in the 1960s after he'd been in prison for being a so-called counter-revolutionary. Silvia was born soon after in Miami. He passed away when I was one years old, but I always felt a deep connection to him, seeing himself in exile and the humiliation they put him through. Sylvia feels Obama was insensitive to that exile pain when he normalized relations with Cuba in 2014, especially when he freed three Cuban spies from U.S. prison. They'd been convicted for espionage that led to Cuba shooting down two small unarmed planes piloted by exiles in 1996. Four exiles were killed. When I saw that these three convicted spies had been sent back, the first thing that I thought about was the family members of the victims. They found out live on TV that that little justice they thought they had was gone. 
The spy's return was part of a swap for a U.S. agent being held in Cuba, as well as the freedom of U.S. aid worker Alan Gross, who'd been jailed there on questionable spying charges. Still, Sylvia argues the episode is a reminder Biden has to invite anti-engagement exiles to the discussion. She says they can help him avoid the Cuban regime duplicity she thinks Obama underestimated. You need people around the table that are going to scratch that surface and say, hold on a second. When he ran for president, Biden stated that when he came to Cuba, he would have a round table. And I am very hopeful he meant that. That doesn't mean pro-engagement Cuban-Americans won't be at the table. They will, especially since most, if not all of them, voted for Biden. Still, they don't expect Biden to approach engagement exactly as Obama did. Engagement as a policy is something we saw giving benefits. Uh, It takes a conversation, but it's also something we saw having failures in some ways, too. Daniel Jimenez is also a Cuban-American born in Miami. He's a Miami business consultant and co-founder of Cuba One. The group takes young Cuban-Americans on their first visits to Cuba. Jimenez's father fled the Cuban Revolution at age nine as part of the Pedro Pan airlift of children off the island in the 1960s. He and his younger sister arrived in Miami alone and didn't see their parents again until they made it here four years later. Growing up here, Jimenez heard little of that story. For a lot of Cuban Americans in my generation, Cuba was black and white photos on your grandparents' walls or your grandparents' bookcases. But when Obama reestablished ties with Cuba in 2014, Jimenez decided to visit the island for the first time. While prepping for that trip, he began asking older family about their exodus here. I remember learning about some things about the decisions my grandfather made uh, about coming to the United States through Pedro Pan, uh, the decisions that were made uh, to... Uh, Uh, My voice is starting to crack just thinking about this stuff. Jimenez thought the way to start healing those wounds is engagement, which could also influence political and economic change in Cuba. Cuba One sent Biden a petition letter last week urging him to revive Obama's people-to-people contact with Cubans. It asked Biden to lift restrictions on U.S. visits and on sending money back to Cuba, restaff the U.S. embassy in Havana, and resume promoting Cuba's private entrepreneurs and political dissidents, especially with new internet tech. But Jimenez knows things will be different this time. I think engagement under the Biden administration is much more likely to be slow, including a dialogue between the administration and Cuban Americans. It's likely to have much stronger focus on human rights, including more negotiations on people being detained. Many Cuban Americans also hope the tone of engagement changes. They say under Obama, U.S. travel to Cuba was often a parade of brief cruise ship stops and gringos looking for cigars, rum, and 59 Chevy convertibles. Groups like Cuba One want to steer it back to what Jimenez calls kitchen table diplomacy. Stay in private homes, going to private restaurants. We want people to see the real Cuba, not the Instagram photo Cuba. Travel policies in the Biden administration should encourage U.S. travelers to support Cuba's private sector and civil society. The Cuban military runs the official tourism sector, and that's the main reason Trump halted U.S. cruise ship travel to Cuba, which is perhaps one example of some pro-engagement and anti-engagement common ground. But the two camps are at odds on a lot more, like the question of returning Cuba to the U.S. state sponsors of terrorism list. It's a Trump action Biden may well reverse, but not likely until he's listened to both sides of the Cuban-American street. This is WLRN News. I'm Tim Paget in Miami.